We're entering session 28 today. This was received 20, February 22, 1981. It's the re-listened version showing categories to see the question and answer categories of information. 28, uh, 21 questions or exchanges between Don and Ra, uh, mainly going into cosmology. Uh, Dewey Larson and physics, uh, the origin of the universe, the creational process, the linkage to astronomy, and evolution, and the densities. So it's again a continuation in some ways of session 27, where we talked about the transit from intelligent infinity uh, through the interplay of free will and love, the first two laws, through to the generation of light, the third law of light, and the manifestation of intelligent energy or the logoi, which as I said, can be understood as another three or triplicity, the um, galactic logos, the solar logoi, and higher self. So logos, galactic, sublogos, solar, and sub-sublogos, uh, six-dimensional in uh, the realm of uh, unified self or awareness of unity. Uh, so that, tri that trinity uh, of galactic logos, solar logos, and higher self is mirrored in the octave by the threefold, the threefold self, the evolving mind-body-spirit complex, the beingness complex or the beingness higher self and the totality complex or the teacher of higher self and seventh density. Therefore you have the seven dimensional or the octave self being mind, body, spirit, beingness, totality complex, the evolving unit, the soul that goes up through the dimensions. Here we are in three space time moving up. We can say in a linear view, to higher self or the sub sub logos beingness moving up to seventh dimensional self or the bridge to forever uh, the totality complex or the seventh dimensional infinite octave self moving to the level of solar logos which is eighth density in my view Gautama Nityananda uh, fourth stage Arhat complete and perfect enlightenment real moksha real nirvana uh, Satchitananda, omniscience, omnipotence, omnipresence, right? Infinite mind, infinite uh, power, and infinite presence. Infinite in the sense of the octave. And so that triadic self, just like we have the triadic self here in our level, mind, body, spirit, right? The three goes to the three goes to the three. <laughs> so. You have uh, the mind-body-spirit complex, physical, emotional, mental, first three levels, uh, mind or body-mind-spirit, we can say, which is the evolving soul, whose higher aspect is the beingness, higher self, whose higher aspect is the seventh density, totality complex, making the unified seven-dimensional self, the body-mind-spirit, beingness, totality complex, or the seventh dimensional self, the octave self, 
which is a manifestation of the solar logos, which is a manifestation of the galactic logos, which is a manifestation of intelligent infinity, interplay with free will and infinite love. Right? The origin of light is the action of free will upon love. So the these uh, trinities are the fundamental creative prism through which work in light occurs. First you have the three principles, the law of free will, the law of love, the law of light, giving rise to light. The light manifests also in a trinity as galactic logos, solar logos or sub-logos, and higher self, the unit, the essence of the seven-dimensional self, actually, uh, which is the six-density sub-sub-logos, Atman, higher self, which gives rise to its higher aspect, which is the seven-dimensional, uh, the seventh-dimensional totality, and the evolving unit, or mind-body-spirit complex, which is also a trinity, body-mind-spirit, physical-emotional-mental. So you see that three is the creative number in uh, cosmogenesis and cosmic evolution. That's lovely, I think. And that's the basis of my talk, Cosmic Numerics 1372. So you can see the way, uh, you know, in Chinese, well, the way that you get to the 10,000 things, Chinese phrase, is via the one, the three, and the seven, expressed then in the infinite forms of dual light polarized light, yin yang, in light. Light is that's the that's the one three seven two. The two is the duality of light, which is, you know, has basically radiatory and magnetic or yang and yin, male and female, sun and moon, um, uh, expressive and receptive. So that's that the you know what more do you need to know about cosmic numerics or cosmic uh, numerology or geometry than that, sacred geometry? I mean, you can study all sorts of other things, but if you don't know the principles, um, it's hard to put other information into proper categories. That's the introduction. So, then, Law of One, Session 28. Uh, 28.0, Ra's greeting in brackets, maybe the tape wasn't working or something, the greeting, I am Ra, I greet you in the love and the light of the infinite creator, I communicate now. So, glad you're with us. Um, 28.1, Don is um, trying to link cosmology to physics. He was a physicist and knew about these things much better than I. And his long question here is, uh, I may be backtracking a little bit, and make a few false starts today because I think we're at possibly the most important part of what we're doing in trying to make it apparent through questioning how everything is one and how it comes from one intelligent infinity. This is difficult for me to do, so please bear with my errors in questioning. The concept that I have right now of the process using both what you have told me and some of Dewey Larson's material having to do with physics of the process I have the concept that intelligent infinity expands outward from all locations everywhere. It expands outward in every direction uniformly, like the surface of a balloon or a bubble, expanding outward from every point everywhere. It expands outward at what's called unit velocity or the velocity of light. 
This is Larson's idea of the progression of what he calls space-time. Is this concept correct? So, um, I wouldn't say, I mean, some people uh, may believe that cosmogenesis, the explication of cosmogenesis is the most important part of um, revealing the law of one. But from Gautama's view, and I would agree, uh, the most important part is um, learning the way of self-revelation. The process of healing, balance, um, clarity of mind, development of virtue, development of the seven factors of awakening, and coming to Gnosis. Whether that Gnosis is Sotapanna or the end of the line, um, I think the best revelation of the Law of One is uh, the encouragement and the teaching for people to do it themselves, to realize the unified self, to realize that all is one in your own, uh, for yourself, in your own consciousness, rather than the theory of cosmogenesis. In any case, the theory of cosmogenesis is useful to learn. Ross says, 28.1, this concept, I'm not sure which concept, maybe Dewey Larson's concept of space-time, but Don made many points. Ross says, this concept is incorrect, as is any concept of the one intelligent infinity, meaning one intelligent infinity, or intelligent infinity, or infinity, or the one infinite creator, or the source of light, is uh, non-conceptual, trans-conceptual, uh, cannot be uh, described in concept. Ross said then, this concept is correct in the context of one particular Logos, or love, Logos equals love, capital L, or focus of this creator which has chosen its, shall we say, natural laws and ways of expressing them mathematically and otherwise. What concept? The concept of space-time, or, um, ex you know, um, uh, limitless expansion from all points simultaneously, as the development of space, time, time, space, and light. Uh, in terms of one particular Logos, which is a solar, in this case, I believe uh, it's a galactic creator or solar creator. Uh, actually, you could probably imagine uh, it's the solar Logoi that are choosing natural laws and ways of expressing them mathematically in each octave. So, in terms of what he's saying, in terms of this expansion of light, this is appropriate for an octave and a logoic creator, but it's not an expression of um, the reality of infinity itself, which is uh, transconceptual or non-conceptual. Ra talked about the concept of light, the concept of finity. So, our experience of finity or limitation is the experience of a concept. That's why Ross said you're all dancing thoughts. And the experience of the concept affinity is uh, experienced through the concept of light. What we call light, energy, is also a concept from the mind or from the in infinite, no, in infinite intelligence of source. From that side, from that perspective, uh, light itself is a concept. And so that's why Ross said you're not living in a material universe. Okay, then Ra goes on. The one undifferentiated, intelligent infinity, unpolarized, full and whole, 
is the macrocosm of the mystery-clad being. We are messengers of the law of one. Unity, at this approximation of understanding, cannot be specified by any physics, but only be activated or potentiated intelligent affinity due to the catalyst of free will. This may be difficult to accept. However, the understandings we have to, we have to share begin and end in mystery. And so Ra is um, uh, giving point-counterpoint uh, regarding um, the source of light and the manifestation of light as it relates to uh, conceptuality and the inability or inapplicability of concept to explain and understand. Concept is inapplicable uh, in consideration of the essence or heart of God, or uh, intelligent infinity, or infinity. It's not, uh, you cannot describe it by concept. And uh, that's called apophatic theology. Apophatic, apophatic theology, I just read this this morning, is related to via negativa, the negative path. It's really negative theology. It's really negative way, via, like road negative way, it really means um, it's theology that attempts to describe God by negation, to speak only in terms of what may not be said about the perfect goodness that is God or infinity. infinity. And so, to, you know, uh, to, to speak of the ultimate as the negation of all quality or concept or differentiation. We can also speak of the ultimate in positive terms, that's called cataphatic K or C-A-T-A-P-H-A-T-I-C, cataphatic theology. So there's apophatic and cataphatic. So now we're going so deep. But you can talk about the ultimate um, you, you know, as to what it is not, and you can talk about the ultimate as to what it is. However, talking about the ultimate or intelligent infinity or infinity beyond the word infinity uh, involves lots of differentiation and concept, and essentially it doesn't really apply. And that's why via negativa or um, apophatic theology is um, much more uh, associated with mystic tradition. Because you really can't, uh, you know, you, you can't positively describe infinity beyond saying infinity. You can try and you can use certain words, but uh, all those words are conceptual and limiting. And that's why Ross says one undifferentiated Intelligent infinity, unpolarized, it's really pre-polarized, therefore unpolarized, it's full and whole, it's complete, it's perfect, it's boundless, it's limitless, it's the macrocosm, and uh, it's a, it itself is a mystery-clad being beyond the level of six-density being, we're just using the, raw just used the word being because there's no other better word, uh, but any uh, differentiations and concepts applied to infinity or the source of light, the source of creation, um, are limiting and therefore uh, partial and um, we shouldn't get attached to them. Ross said, coming back to itself, we are messengers of the law of one and unity, meaning infinity, uh, at this approximation of understanding, meaning from their view and understanding in sixth density, unity can't be specified by physics uh, and so there's a difference between trying to specify the infinite source 
and trying to specify the manifestation that comes from infinite source. Then you can use physics, but before, not. And so this infinity unity can't, can be, it can't be specified, but it can be activated, or we can consider that it's been activated or potentiated as we see its manifestation, which is the stars, <laughs> the galaxies and the stars and the planets, the beings that appear to be uh, evolving in the uh, solar systems and the octaves and the galaxies. That is uh, that manifestation we can use concept to describe and physics to explain, uh, but before that, no, we really can't. So, uh, we can spend a lot of time on this, but Gautama said, you know, just don't go into it. And um, this is a whole, there's a whole Wikipedia page called the Unanswered Questions, which is uh, 10 questions and 14 questions uh, in Buddhism that Gautama taught you should just uh, drop or don't make a big deal out of because when you get there, you'll know it. And hanging around with these questions and the conceptualizations won't get you to the goal. And in fact, um, you will get stuck and you will get more distortion if you overvalue the consideration of these unanswerable questions. And uh, on the link I just sent you, uh, in the section Buddha's answer to the questions according to the scriptures, these questions are like, is the world eternal? Is it not eternal? Is it infinite? Is the self the same as the body? Is it different than the body? What about the world? What about the universe? What about the Buddha? Gautama said he described them as a net, N-E-T, and refused to be drawn into a net of theories, speculations, and dogmas. Actually, he called them the thicket of views. Thicket of views. He said it was because he's free of bondage to all theories and dogmas that he attained liberation. Actually, that's not true. He, he said that um, uh, liberation is freedom from bondage from all, to all theories and views and dogmas. And he said, such speculations are attended by fever, unease, bewilderment, and suffering. Uh, and in the achievement of liberation, one is freed from the thicket of views and knows. And so, you know, they asked Dr. Jung, Carl Jung, Dr. No, Dr. Jung, do you believe in God? And he said, no. And they said, you don't believe in God? I thought you were such a religious man. He said, no, I do not believe. I know God. And you can know, uh, but um, application of conceptual conception um, just doesn't cut it. It's just, uh, it doesn't, you know, you can talk about sweet and you can taste sweet. If you really want happiness, you better taste it. And talking about it is a false happiness. And uh, the thicket of views or endless metaphysical speculation is not the path. And yet, when the path is uh, walked and awakenings occur, uh, things get clearer. And um, one, one finds some answers, but they're not conceptual. <laughs> the, the realizations are not conceptual even if we use concept to approximate uh, the experience. So, how do you want? You want experience? Well, 
get yourself a good meditation practice and throw yourself into it. So, well said, the understandings we have to share begin and end in mystery. So, 26, 28-2, sorry, session 28. Don goes on. The Ra gives a long answer here. Well, we had yesterday arrived at a point where we were considering colors of light. You said that, quote, the nature of the vibratory patterns of your universe is dependent upon the configurations placed on the original material or light by the focus of love using its intelligent energy to create a pattern of dot 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 illusions or densities. This is the way by which the Logoi, the galactic and the solar Logoi create octaves. Uh, going on. Then after this material, you said that there's further information which you'd be happy to share, but we ran out of time. Could you complete the further information on that? And again, this is a discussion of the manifestation of the septonate, the rainbow colors of seven, the octaves, uh, as being vibratory patterns uh, of, of seven-dimensional light, dependent on configurations placed upon the original material, meaning light or light love, by uh, the Logoi, the galactic and the solar Logoi, uh, which are could also be called love, L capital L, so that the logos, the logoi, particularly the galactic and the solar logoi, uh, are themselves uh, down steppings of infinity into uh, as a manifestation of intelligent energy that apply by their decision by free will. Particular configurations uh, upon these the relationship of light in their octaves, using intelligent energy to create a pattern of illusions or densities, seven densities. Ra goes on to explain this. Let me take a key. Uh, Ra at 28.2. In discussing this information, we then, shall we say, snap back into the particular methods of understanding or seeing that which is the that which is that the one sound vibration complex Dewey offers. This being correct for the second meaning of intelligent infinity, colon, being the potential which then through catalyst forms the kinetic. So we're talking about uh, intelligent inf infinity in its manifestation form or phase moving from what we'll call potential to kinetic or all possibility to particular manifestations of that possibility which is kinetic through catalyst. Catalyst in this case actually is the shaping of intelligent energy intelligent energy or the logoi into the configurations of the densities in an octave. So this stuff is pretty heavy. I hope everybody's still awake here and uh, doesn't have a headache. That's why it's good to uh, drink tea and, you know, take it easy and try not to freak out with this stuff. But it's it's uh, it's very helpful for the brain and uh, wisdom, fifth chakra development. Anyway, what about Dewey? Where was he correct? Ra goes on. This information, um, I think meaning his information, is a natural progression of inspection of the kinetic shape of your environment. Kinetic shape means the configuration of the of the octave. 
uh, you may understand each color or ray as being, as we had said, a very specific and accurate a portion, accurate a portion, meaning a delineated portion of intelligent energy's representation of intelligent infinity, each ray of the seven having been previously inspected in other regards. This information may be of aid here. We speak now non-specifically to increase the depth of your conceptualization of the nature of what is, meaning the seven-dimensional uh, layout and the configuration of dimensions as the shapings of the logoi, intelligent energy, of infinity. Ra goes on, the universe in which you live is recapitulation in each part of intelligent infinity. Thus you will see the same patterns repeated in physical and metaphysical areas, the rays or portions of light being, as you surmise, those areas of what you may call the physical illusion, which rotate, vibrate, and are of a nature that may be, shall we say, counted or categorized in rotation manner in space-time, as described by the one known as Dewey, some substances having various of the rays in a physical manifestation visible to the eye, this being apparent in the nature of your crystallized minerals, which you count as precious, the ruby being red, and so forth. Now, Gautama will say, this is the thicket of views. These views may be not much distorted, you know, but it's a thicket. Thicket meaning a uh, thorny hedge, meaning a tangled overgrowth. They may be true. I mean, I don't have any problem with Ra at all. I think Ra is, uh, you know, undistorted, totally. Except for the fact that they're in six density and they're not, you know, yet out of the octave. But still, uh, it's so easy. There are people who spend hours and hours and hours trying to figure out this, this paragraph. And uh, that might be useful for fifth chakra development. But uh, it isn't really useful... Uh, if you have a limited lifespan uh, and you want to achieve complete and perfect enlightenment within it. And so that's the issue here is that people can get lost in the thicket of views or the complexity of views of cosmology and uh, higher dimensional physics. And that's fine. <clears throat> I mean, I think this is very interesting. Um, but the counterpoint is a path-oriented teaching such as Gautama and Buddhism. So, um, the universe in which we live recapitulates um, like a nested way, like the holographic universe, Michael Talbot, uh, recapitulates each part of intelligent infinity. This is cosmic numerics, right? So that's why you have the triad, triadism, trinita trinitarianism of the three laws, law of free will, law of love, law of light, the triad of the three logoi, the galactic logos, the solar logoi, or sub-logos, and the higher self, or sub-sub-logos, and the triadism of the octave self, being mind-body-spirit complex evolving, and higher self, sixth density, and total or being as complex, and totality self, or the seventh density self, and the triadism, or trinity of mind-body-spirit complex itself, right? Mind-body-spirit. Lower, middle, upper. Lower, middle, upper. Lower, middle, upper. Outer, inner, secret. <clears throat> <clears throat> uh, 
father, son, Holy Ghost, or father, mother, you know, child, <clears throat> whatever. The Trinitarianism, triadic, triadism, the, the uh, philosophy of three, the way of three, as the first manifestation of infinity coming into form through one, apparent as one, uh, moving to differentiation to the seven and the 10,000 things where uh, through or um, uh, by means of the three, uh, three as the primary creative number of creation, uh, the primary creative shape by which all 10,000 things, infinity of form, takes shape, takes form, appears, manifests. 137 and the seven appearing dualized in dual form of two. So, Ra says, you'll see the same patterns repeated in physical and metaphysical areas as above, so below. Rays or apportions of light. So the seven rays can be called apportions, A-P-P, apportions of light. And uh, there's rotation, vibration. Uh, we may count, we may categorize, we may qualify, we may, we may differentiate, we may apply naming activity. We may get stuck in the samskara, <laughs> in samskara of uh, conditional fabrications and conceptualizations. Uh, and on the way out, however, the, all that naming activity is dropped. Freedom from naming activity is um, what Ra has yet to learn. As I said, that the, that the nature of experience is itself distortion. The uh, uh, conceptualization of reality is the first is 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 a primary distortion distortion um, in totality in awareness. So they're moving from six to eight, and um, the um, the adept in Buddhism also moves uh, from naming activity to the nameless. So Dewey, um, his discussion of rotation and space time, all all very accurate. You know, very very fine physics. Uh, Ra certainly signs onto, and there are some people who study it and teach it, and um, it's very interesting. And Ra then f concludes that uh, you can see the uh, manifestation of uh, differentiation of light forms of uh, rotation, vibration, frequency, uh, as the colors of minerals. Um, some this apportionment of intelligent energy into the seven rays and colors uh, appearing in physical manifestation visible to the eye as in crystallized minerals such as the precious ones which can be seen as pure colors ruby red emerald green sapphire blue particularly uh, going on 28.3 I guess we'll we'll do session 28 in two parts uh, Don says this light that occurred as a consequence of vibration. Actually, you can say that light itself is vibration. This light that occurred as a consequence of vibration, which is a consequence of love. I'm going to ask if that statement is right. Is it right? Correct? Rod says it's correct. So he's, you know, a little bit overwhelmed, I think, with the, 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 the thicket of views because this is all very heavy conceptual and to put it on order in mind is a great task. Um, so we can say that uh, seven-dimensional light, which is light-love, 
which is intelligent energy in the uh, rotational patterns associated with seven dimensions or densities or colors of light or frequencies manifests as a consequence or as the form of vibration. It is vibratory, uh, which is a consequence of capital love, capital L love, or the Logoi, the solar Logoi, and the galactic Logoi, uh, who are uh, the first downsteppings of intelligent infinity into visible form, and their form is spherical light, right? A sun and uh, central spiritual sun, galactic center, and uh, the the solar the solar orb, solar orbs of the uh, uh, of the great uh, universe, uh, spherical manifestations of light, love, intelligent energy that then configure uh, that energy into octave. Uh, octave uh, forms in which then beings uh, are born and arise and evolve. 28.4. So this is the thicket of views. <laughs> uh, okay. Don goes on. This light can then condense, then can condense into material as we know it in our density into all of our chemical elements because of rotations of the vibration at quantized intervals or units of angular velocity. Is it correct? It's quite correct. So we have condensation, what appears to be, or crystallization of invisible light, intelligent energy, uh, moving into the sevenfold form. You see, the triad itself can be seen as the logos. One, three, seven. Before the seven, we have the three. The three can be understood as um, the internal structure of the logos, of the logoi. The, 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 the light love, love light, the logos, capital love, as the shapers of the, the, the downstepped, the downstepping transformers of infinity into finite, into finite light, into energy fields. You see, light is preparatory to energy, and, and energy is the source of matter. Outer, inner, secret. Outer is matter. Inner is energy. Secret is light. Uh, again, another trinity, comes from the trinity of the internal um, triad of the Logoi, free will, love, light. And uh, that condenses or that, you know, is, is ultimately what gives rise to all configuration of energy and matter in the seven densities. You can talk about rotations of vibration at quantized intervals. Yeah, that's the, the quanta of the seven rays. Uh, and so that's quantum physics. That's the quanta. Uh, going on, 28.5. Thank you. I'm wondering, Don goes on, I'm wondering how or what is the catalyst or the activator of the rotation? What causes the rotation? so that the light condenses into our physical or chemical elements. <clears throat> this is the process, this is the movement from intelligent energy to seven uh, forms of that, to uh, energy fields associated with seven dimensions, to matter, uh, like minerals, or bodies, chemical elements. Ross said, it's necessary to consider the enabling function of the focus known as love, that's the logoi. This energy is of an ordering nature. 
it orders in a cumulative way from greater to lesser so that when its universe as you may call it is complete meaning the octave the manner of development of each detail is inherent in the living light and thus will develop in such and such a way your own universe having been well studied in an empirical fashion by those who you call those you call your scientists and having been understood or visualized with greater accuracy by the understandings or visualizations of the one known as Dewey, Dewey Larson. So, again, uh, the function of love, God as love, the Logos and Logoi, particularly, uh, again, the galactic and the solar, as uh, embodiments of, of the principle of love, uh, the enabling, the shaping uh, function, that enabling and shaping is of an ordering nature. And so the Logoi are the, those are, are points, are standing fields of infinity that have the function of ordering light into um, the various energies associated with the seven dimensions. It's a cumulative ordering from greater to lesser. This is the nested universe, again, um, the morphogenetic fields, Rupert Sheldrake and all that. So that when its universe is complete, its universe, again, is the octave. The manner of development of each detail is inherent in the living light. This is the nested quality or holography. Thus will develop in such and such a way. And um, well, I was saying, you know, your own universe, meaning your third dimensional physics, is, uh, you know, uh, is, is an example of uh, study, empirical study by scientists. And uh, Mr. Dewey Larson has an understanding of visualization with greater accuracy. So that's putting him above many other scientists. 28.6. When does individualization... So you can see how intense, complicated Don's mind is here. When does individualization or the individualized portion of consciousness come into play? How does this individualization occur? And at what point does it does individualized consciousness take over in the working on basic light? And that's a very interesting point because it's the transit from the solar logos to higher self, uh, or the threefold self in the octave, which is not quite the same as the logos that gave rise to the octave. Ross said, you remain carefully in the area of creation itself within the octave, meaning in the manifestation of light love into seven dimensional energies you remain carefully in the area of creation itself in this process we must further confuse you <laughs> by stating that the process by which free will acts upon potential intelligent infinity to become focused intelligent energy takes place without the space-time of which you are so aware as it is your continuum experience meaning <laughs> Some people have probably already turned off their uh, YouTube by this time. Uh, sorry, Ross says, we must further confuse you, meaning it's more complicated than you thought, by stating that the process by which free will acts upon potential intelligent infinity to become focused intelligent energy, this is uh, the action of free will upon love giving rise to light, this occurs pre-creationally, pre galactic logos. It takes place without or outside the space-time of which you are so aware 
meaning of which you are aware, of which you know, which because as it is, because that because it is currently your continuum experience of living in body in the seven dimensional optic of seven dimensional energies, which came from light. But uh, this activity of free will upon love or free will acting upon the potential, what we call the potential of intelligent infinity or source, becoming kinetic, the becoming is kinesis. Ooh, ooh. Kinesis, or what is kinetic, is the transit from potential to the forms of light, or becoming intelligent energy, becoming the logos, the logoi, galactic and solar. That is not even yet in the octave, before time. Ra goes on, the experience or existence of space-time comes into being after the individuation process of Logos or love has been completed and the physical, uni physical universe, as you would call it, has coalesced or begun to draw inward while moving outward to the extent that that which you call your sun bodies have in turn created timeless chaos, coalescing into what you call planets. This is such a real non-sentences. These vortices of intelligent energy spending a large amount of what you would call first density in a timeless state, the space-time realization being one of the learned teachings of this density of beingness. That is one sentence. So, the interplay of free will and uh, love, the enabling principle that gives rise to light, occurs before light. That's how light comes to be. By that interplay of the law of free will and the law of love, uh, free will acts upon potential intelligent infinity. That's not yet within time and space, but before the generation of galactic logoi. Then, this experience or existence or manifestation of space and time, time-space, appearance, uh, uh, you know, the appearance phase, phenomena, what appears to be time, what appears to be space, the illusion affinity, the concept affinity, this all comes into being after there's this individuation process of the logos or the logoi, first galactic, then solar. After that's been completed, then we see we move into uh, the manifestation of space and time. After the physical universe has coalesced or space and time comes to being after uh, the generation of galactic logoi. After physical universe coalesced has be coalesced or begun to draw inward, which so you can say that manifestation is a contraction. You can also say that it's moving outward. It's the Big Bang. So what we see as expansion from a galactic center, metaphysically can be understood as a contraction from infinity into form. How about that? Uh, it's coalesced, so you can talk about it, you know, as the outbreath or the inbreath the outbreath or a contraction. You know, this is why words are problematic. Uh, this physical universe um, or the, ex the existence of space and time again comes later. It comes after the galactic central suns appear, after we can, uh, we can visualize a moving outward or big bang, banging experience uh, of expansion. Meanwhile, that's a metaphysical coalescence I would say, a contraction. Uh, and then the sun bodies, uh, the solar logoi, 
uh, create seven-dimensional octaves or systems associated with planets whose first condition um, is first density or first manifestation of a solar system or of an octave is, is first density, which is uh, what Ra's calling timeless chaos. Hey, hey. Timeless chaos uh, coalesces into planets. So planets come after a coalescence. You can even say that first density is pre-material. It's elemental. And elemental are forces of um, matter energy uh, that haven't yet coalesced into physical form. They're tendencies of light that approach physical form. Earth, water, fire, earth, water, uh, fire, air as tendencies, uh, elemental tendencies of energy matter before even the coalescence into physical form. And so then there's a coalescing into planets uh, and these vortices, a planet as a vortex, vortex of intelligent energy, right? Not, we're already in the phase of intelligent energy, downstep from intelligent infinity. These planets, first density, spending a large amount of what you call their first density in a timeless state. And uh, that's similar to a uh, strong first chakra blockage. People like shell shock, uh, high trauma. Uh, intensive trauma, shell shock, uh, can lead the person to be unable to think, unable to move, catatonic, catatonicity, being unable to function with mind or body. This is um, recapitulatory or uh, resonant with the kind of timeless state of first density before the formation of planets, in a sense. <coughs> You know, uh, and so Ra had said that there is a first density planet or a, a sphere in formation becoming a planet on the other side of the sun. And so that's the dark side of the sun. But uh, this is the first density. It's, it's timeless chaos. It's um, moving towards the coalescence into matter. And uh, in terms of the learning <laughs> associated with first density, Ra says the space-time realization meaning the realization of um, an experience of fixed space separations, fixed spatial separation, and fixed um, or stabilized uh, consciousness linear experiencing is the space-time realization, being one of the learned teachings of this density of beingness. So if you want to help people who are massively traumatized and are in a very serious first chakra blockage condition, lockdown, frozen, uh, you want to help them uh, with with essential elemental reality checking. Uh, you're in a body. I'm over here. I am not you. There's you. There's me. And there's yesterday. And there's today. And there's tomorrow. There's what happened before. And there's now. And there's something that can happen later. And there's a body. And a body. And here's a chair. And uh, that is uh, associated with... Uh, healing uh, a very seriously damaged uh, consciousness or um, capacity to even delineate space and time that's associated with severe trauma and uh, is akin to the timeless state of first density. So this is the thicket of views. And you want to stay here, you'll get uh, thicketed. <laughs> Ra goes on and answers the final portion of 28.6. Thus we have difficulty 
answering your questions with regard to time and space and the relation, their relationship to the, what you would call, original creation, which is not a part of space-time as you can understand it. So we can figure this out, you know. There is intelligent infinity, that which is before the generation of light, not yet part of space and time, pre-energy, pre-matter, pre-matter, pre-energy, pre-light, before light. And um, that's uh, the source of the three laws, before the three tendencies, infinite free will, infinite love, giving rise to infinite life. So uh, we can understand it in a linear way, whereby what appears to be the beginning of the linear sequence is before linearity itself is timeless and uh, preconceptual. All right. Believe it or not, we still have 15 minutes. 28.7, Don asks, does a unit of consciousness, an individualized unit of consciousness, meaning a, a being, create, say, a unit of the creation? What's that? And he gives an example and says, would one individualized consciousness create one galaxy of stars? The type that has many millions of stars in it, does this happen? Meaning, can a uh, an individualized uh, consciousness as a self, what, appear, what we would call a self, divine personality, or a godhead, or a what appears to be a, 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 an individuated beingness, uh, identity, can it create a galaxy? Ross said, this can happen. Ross said, the possibilities are infinite. Yes, indeed. Thus, a Logos, right, we're talking, again, we can talk about a higher self, or solar Logos, or a galactic Logos. Thus, a Logos may create what you call a star system, or it may be the Logos creating billions of star systems. So that's the difference between a solar Logos and a galactic Logos, which is not even an essential difference, actually. Later on, and I just found it in the last few months, Ra actually said that the Logos that manifests our star system, Sol, Terra, this one, uh, run by the, uh, the great beings of the Council of Saturn, uh, is a Logos that, that is the source of many solar systems. And that may even be uh, the nature, the source of the idea of the seven solar systems of which we are a part, that these, there are seven solar systems or six associated with ours here that are all the creation of one Logos. And in fact, it may be that there are many, many star systems, including ours, that are all the manifestation of a single Logoic um, infinity point. So Ra said, a Logos, or the Logoic principle of love light, may create what you call a star system, or it may be that that Logos creates billions of star systems, meaning what we would call central spiritual sun or galactic Logos. This is the cause of the confusion in the term galaxy, right? For there are many different Logos entities or creations, and we would call each using your sound vibration complexes, a galaxy. And so that's the point. Um, our, what we call our solar system, with the planets and the single sun, at least it appears to be a single sun, uh, we call a star system, 
Ra calls it off in the galaxy, uh, which is our term for billions of stars, star systems uh, in a whole manifest by a galactic center. Um, both of those arrangements of star systems, the macrocosmic and what we call a microcosmic or singular solar system, is a galaxy to Ra because they're the product of a logos. Uh, we may say it's logos galactic or logos solar, but they're both a logos. And uh, does a galactic center, is a, is a galactic logos uh, more evolved than a solar logos? Maybe. However, we're talking about infinity, you know. And so infinity is in all cases boundless. It's infinity exploring a, a smaller or a greater collection of, of form and octaves. So a solar logos is the manifestation of logos, intelligent energy, uh, infinity, really, uh, exploring what we may call a single octave. Galactic logos may be uh, an understanding that, that uh, infinity, the center point, is the exploration of multiple octaves but it's really infinity exploring different parameters of apparent infinity or um, expressions of light. Sorry, this is really, really high. And this is why Gautama said, drop it. So I, I'm aware of the paradox or the uh, dilemma here, but it's not really a dilemma because we give it its time and then we keep moving. Uh, and so... Uh, we go to 28.8. Let's take an example. Take as an example the planet that we are on now and tell me how much of the creation was created by the same logos that created this planet. That's great. 28.8 raw answers, and this is what I had said. This planetary logos is a strong logos, meaning there's more expression from infinity. Uh, this planetary logos is a strong logos, creating approximately... 250 billion of your star systems for its creation. The, shall we say, laws or physical ways of the creation will remain therefore constant. Now that looks like we're talking about the Milky Way galaxy logos. And Don pushes it and says, then what you're saying is that the lenticular star system, which we call a galaxy that we find ourselves in, with approximately 250 billion other suns like our own, i.e. Milky Way galaxy, was created by a single logos. Is this correct? This is correct. Now, that single logos here we call galactic center, galactic logos, central spiritual sun. That's not difficult to understand. Uh, the Milky Way galaxy and the octaves of the solar systems of 250 billion suns are all generated by a single point called the galactic center, or uh, the central spiritual sun, or, uh, I don't know, the Mayans called it Hunabku or something like that. Uh, but it's the, the logos that manifests as the Milky Way galaxy. Okay. Uh, 2810, so the lenticular star system, that's a Milky Way galaxy with 250 billion suns like our own, came from a single logos but again the logos is a um, is a portal uh, uh, 
kind of you can say um, trans uh, transluminal portal from infinity. That's why uh, there's some discussion that the sun in our star system, our our solar, our sol, our sun in the sky, uh, is is not a nuclear ball. It's actually a portal to infinity that manifests as white light. And um, the sun is a vortex, not a sphere. It appears spherical, but it's a it's a spherical portal. It's a spherical vortex from infinity, pre-luminal, pre-light, before light, coming out as um, infinite energy or or infinite potential. That then downsteps energy to various configurations for the solar system. 2810 now since there are many individualized portions of consciousness in this lenticular galaxy Milky Way did this logos then subdivide into more individualization of consciousness to create these consciousness these consciousnesses or divide into these consciousness so was there subdivision of the galactic logos that gave birth to the Milky Way galaxy uh, subdivision of its consciousness into uh, you know, an apportioning of consciousness into the suns. Ra said, you are perceptive. This is also correct, although an apparent paradox. Don, right on top of it, says, could you tell me what you mean by an apparent paradox? It wasn't a paradox to him. Ra said, it would seem that if one logos creates the intelligent energy ways for a large system, i.e. galaxy, that there would not be the necessity or possibility of further sub-logos differentiation. However, within limits, this is precisely the case, and it is perceptive that this has been seen by Don. <clears throat> and then he says, could you make the instrument cough? <coughs> so I'll cough too. Uh, it doesn't seem like a paradox to me, personally. Uh, one logos, which we can call galactic logos, creates the intelligent energy, or is actually, is a vortex of intelligent energy um, that generates a large system, meaning Milky Way galaxy. Uh, that seems consistent to me with further infinite possibility, or the further possibility um, that uh, there's further differentiation into, uh, which is an apportioning of, of infinity into um, you know, somewhat delimited uh, spheres of of uh, awareness, of infinite, of boundless awareness, called the sublogoi, or the solar creators. Um, and so Don picks that up, and for Ra, that wasn't that was a little kind of surprising, but um, Don's very perceptive, and um, that's all we're going to do for today. Because the next questions twenty eight thirteen at all gets into evolution and uh, the development of forms of life which are um, multi dimensional uh, evolving uh, multi dimensional evolution within the octaves uh, within space and time in uh, an experience of duality and subject object and the appearance, the experience of linearity or sequence time, 
so next time we'll get into a session uh, into questions th uh, 2813 and to the end 2821 uh, evolution astronomy I'm sorry uh, evolution not much astronomy some cosmology um, more of the interplay of physics and metaphysics or uh, understanding human physics as an analogy for metaphysics and that can be very fruitful analysis or reasoning like uh, the interplay of potential kinetic there's potential there's kinetic uh, there are all sorts of other uh, terms uh, of human physics that are analogous to metaphysical principles so as below so above below being human physics, above being metaphysics, or the laws of the octave. So that'll be all for today. Thank you very much. Uh, I hope you're okay with this heavy, uh, complex talking. We also can understand why Gautama uh, called the question, the 14 questions and all this cosmology uh, a net of theories and um, can be attended by fever, unease, bewilderment, and suffering. <laughs> and um, the key is to um, move to gnosis and realization through healing and balance. You know, if you can't deal with your parents or your friends or your body or your checkbook or the world condition, um, I don't know how helpful it is to spend lots of time in the upper theoreticals of uh, cosmogenesis. So it's interesting stuff. It's good to know. Um, but I think uh, healing and balance is paramount uh, because, you know, all of this is going to be understood quite fully after death, if you wish, while now our understanding is quite partial. And if we get stuck and upset and confused, uh, we may neglect what is more practical uh, and more difficult, the physical, the emotional, the interpersonal, the social, you know, the stuff of um, this incarnation of interaction with others and making a good life for ourselves down here on the ground. And so it's important not to get too high. Um, with theoretical metaphysics but it's interesting and in the appropriate with the appropriate um, uh, assessment of value um, it's very helpful to uh, filling out our view of the universe we live in so thanks for being here today and listening uh, I hope you're all well and talk to you next time and good night <laughs>